These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other host, guest, or programs on this station. Or, or quite frankly, uh, any sane adult. But here we are again. I don't think any of those listen to our program. <laughs> probably frighten them all away. So uh, this is Sports Plus with Baker, Big D, and Joe. Baker is uh, coming to us from Western Mass, like myself, and uh, Joe is out there on the left coast. So welcome, gentlemen. Morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Fine. Yeah. Daryl, you're you're in a, uh, a a pleasant mood this morning. I like it. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> like about that. I was I, <laughs> I was very miserable for a long time, and I'm not a person who likes being miserable. I really don't. I had some really what I considered mistreatment last year, and uh, plus the um, I don't like living on a computer. And last year, teaching was living on a computer. Now, of course, it's not like perfect in the classroom because you're still in front of a computer because all the kids are spread out from here to yeah. Tim Pug 2. And so you can't just hold a little book up with a picture. You've got to put it on the screen. And um, but it's still it's still I'm having fun now, Matt. I'm having fun. And so that's like what's important for me. Well, that's, that's my funny. kids are having fun too. So it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I would and I didn't realize this till you just said that, but I would say that I heard more negativity from you in the last year in that year than I have in the ten years since I've known you. So I mean, it just speaks to like how upsetting that was to you to, to go through all that. And uh, yeah. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're back into it. Cause otherwise, otherwise teaching is excruciating if you're not. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I definitely stayed a year too long. I mean, my body is old. <laughs> I'm really old, but I'm also in good shape, pain-free. And so I'm actually having a good time. I'm, I'm glad now that I'm here and you know, it looks like it's going to be a fun year. You know, uh, Massachusetts is vaccinating at such a rate, and uh, Hampshire County is too, that assuming that COVID dies down, we may actually in the future be mass free in the building. That would be incredible, but we'll see. Right now it's it's mass. I, I think because you stayed a year too long, we can start calling you Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he really stay a year too long? Because he was pathetic, but he won a Super Bowl. He won the Super yeah, Bowl. But he was pathetic, I mean, and no one remembers, people remember the pathetic part, I think, more than they remember the championship. Do I, think, don't so. I don't think I so. I don't think so. That's an interesting I remember point. it for Willie Mays, because Willie Mays, the greatest baseball player ever, went out playing for the Mets, dropping balls in center field in the World Series. That I remember. I don't remember. I mean, well, actually, I'm not a Peyton Manning fan. So, um, but I don't remember. I, you win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. You know, Joe, I, I, you know, you're lucky you got Matt and I here to straighten you out. You know, <laughs> you're wrong about Brady and you're wrong about this. What, but, am I, you know, what am I wrong about that we talk about him too much? That he's that he's over. I, I'm not. I'm not. We're, we can avoid him. Please, 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 please for one week. I, I, it's interesting. I mean, I do. People know that Peyton Manning was carried by his defense, but I, I still think having that two championships is better on his resume. And the NFL is happy that he has the two, as opposed to had he gone out with the Colts, uh, you know, with only one. I think the NFL is happy he's got two. His brother's probably not, though. <laughs> yeah. 
How is he he and his brother on um Monday night football? Are they any good? I haven't personally seen them, but I have a lot of friends who are Patriot fans who say that as much as they hate the Manning brothers, they look forward to watching them Monday nights. I'm hearing great things about I, I funny they're in heard a good review too. Yeah. Are, are they the they the Monday the Monday night team yeah. this year? They have their own sort of um, game cast where huh. they they kind of break down the game. Um, they watch the game. I, see, I oh, so it's not they're not the live announcers. No, no, they're oh, kind of their okay. own separate channel, and and gotcha. they kind of have like a little pregame kind of show. And then I believe uh, are they, they doing it in real time though, or are they I doing think it so. After? While the game wow. is going on, I think they sort of break it down and talk about it and and kind of hang out and, and watch it i think um but whatever it is that i haven't watched again i haven't watched it but i've heard uh, my buddy texted me and he's like honestly he's like i have a lot more respect for eli now because he's not just some emotionless goofball out there on the football field he's actually pretty funny and knowledgeable and uh so i, I i'm gonna try he to won catch your, he won your giants two super bowls he did he did those days are long gone and and cost your golden boy too, right? So let's not forget that. Thank God for Eli Manning, or we'd be hearing even more about. Well, uh, yeah, but let's not spend forty minutes talking about the Giants. But they are absolutely horrendous. Yep. Yep. Yes, yeah. they are. And, 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 it, and so it, it does, I have no idea how how poorly they're playing. It does seem to be, they do seem to be the league's running joke right now. So again, uh, sorry about that, Matt. Welcome to the dregs. I you know it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even want to talk unless, unless you guys have a question for no, me. I really no, have I no mean, desire to talk. No. Giants. I, I, and, I, and the and Jets I'm, have more going for them right now than the Giants. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, but that's, you know, that's, it, that's and, faint, damning with faint praise. Yeah. And I, I'm usually Mr. Gloom and doom, but I, I want to talk about something that actually is, uh, a little bit, a uh, lot bit uplifting. Um, three young women kind of broke milestones in high school football last week or the week before. Brooklyn Harker started at free safety for uh, high school in Chapel Hill. Abby DiCenzo became the first girl to ever score a touchdown in a Florida high school football game. And Sophia Lespina uh, became the first girl ever to score a touchdown on Long Island. And the thing that that kind of stands out in all three stories for me is that to their teammates and their coaches, that this is the least big deal of all. All of the quotes, um, this um, Brooklyn Harker got some attention on Bleacher Report. It kind of exploded, and one of her teammates said, it took us by surprise to us. She's just a teammate, so we didn't think anything of it. Her coach said, Brooklyn is a football player. Like I've said a thousand times, she also just happens to be a girl. She knows the game, and she's executing at her positions. Everything you hear from these, these the teammates and the coaches and the, the surrounding community is is supportive, and, you know, if this had happened 20 years ago, it would be a huge deal. There'd be talk about locker room disruption. It seems to to be meeting such indifference now. I it kind of <laughs> I, I haven't said this in a really long time. It kind of gives me a little bit of faith for the future, and I really can't wait for these younger people to start taking over things because they well, see, they, I mean, can, they treat each other with 
so much more respect than than we still do now, let alone how we did when we were in high school. Great stories. And I, Joe, I told you this before Daryl came on. 20 years ago, early, yeah, 20 years ago, I, I played high school football. I did have, there was a female on my team. And like she didn't play much. She played JV. Um, but it wasn't an issue either. Like on our team, there was no locker room. There was, it was never an issue. Um, it would, you know, I didn't, I didn't personally ever witness any bullying or mistreatment on her end. The coaches, she got practice time. She was in all the drills. So I think it's good that it's, it's being covered. It's good that these young women are, are successful. They're enjoying playing a great game, a great team game. I mean, I think there's nothing more. I think I said this before football, albeit, you know, it, it's can be uh, hard on your body. And you know, I'm, I'm achy now for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm exhibiting. You know, there are, there are pros to it, though. There's no greater, in my opinion, team game sport that teaches the importance of having one another's back. Everything in football, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you're all, your defensive linemen have certain holes or techniques to cover to keep your linebackers free. You know, if your front seven is putting pressure on the quarterback, your DBs have an easier job covering. If they're covering, you know, everything works together. Zone blocking schemes, read pass option. So it's just great to hear that these young women are successful and enjoying a great game. But do you think you played high school football, Joe, would it have been an issue if you had a, a female on your team? Yeah, but I went to high school with a lot of a-holes. I, I think it would have been less of an issue for me in college. I went to played at Swarthmore, which was a pretty progressive place. I think that community would have been very welcoming to a, to a female player. I think in high school, you know, again, Woodbridge, New Jersey in the mid 80s, late 80s wasn't the most uh, progressive place on earth. So I think, yeah, I, I don't, I, it might have been, I know at least there would have been a little bit. I mean, we, we teased each other, you know, like the things mm -hmm. we said and did to each other were, we, I look back now, I'm like, did I actually like these people or was I trying to kill them? Like it's, well, it's really, you know, I think that the thing that's so impressive right now, and I really appreciate your guys' analysis of this, is that, you know, what the new generation, the young people today have done, I am like blown away by it. They've really led the change in our society where um, abusive people are being called out and you know, the uh, w the Women's Soccer League is on, on, basically on strike right now um, for a couple of owners and, and uh, who were abusive. And the um, woman ahead of the uh, commissioner resigned. Uh, I just really appreciate that people today are really handling people the way they should be handled. And young, I just young, think it's young a, people it's a really, are young people are people our age are not. Yes, right. But but young people are, are really they're the ones I think that really brought this year of protest to the uh, to to a real effective stage. Um, so anyway, uh, I, hats off uh, to 
women and to young people. It kind of makes me wish I was 22 again, because I, I, you know, I would have been out there with with these people last summer, but too old, can't 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 run from the police. <laughs> I wish I was 22 again as well, but maybe for all different reasons. You, and you're, you're you're closer to it. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the WNBA, Daryl, because there's, there's one thing I want to mention too on on a not so bright side. Matt's. Um, Connecticut Sun are in the semifinals against Chicago and they have a pretty brutal back and forth. It's a five game series. They go back and forth three times. And the problem they're having is they don't, they don't charter flights like the NBA. They fly commercials. So they're going to the airport, checking in like everybody else waiting in line. And so the flight to get from Uncasville to Chicago the uh, after game two, I think, or after game one, Chicago left at three thirty in the morning and had three flights, Ugh. three different connections to get back to Chicago. And then uh, I think uh, Connecticut coming back had had to split their players onto four different planes so none of them would have to be in middle seats. Because I mean, you're talking about women who are six five, six yeah, six. Yeah. You can't pack yeah. three of them into a row. You can't put one of them yeah. in between a you know a, a guy my size and a screaming baby. So it's just it, even with the success of the WNBA, and I and I love the playoff format, Matt. I know you probably hate it because it's all the, the two two rounds of one game playoffs. But well, it's, it's finally down to um, two five game series. Yeah. Well, the yeah. and and but the. The begin. I love those first two. Yeah, I thought the first they were two one too. game rounds. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's like the it's like the NCAA tournament, just with much higher stakes. And you know, it's really great to see um, Griner, Griner, and uh, Sue Bird, and you know these really incredible uh, passers and players. I can't uh, believe Sue Bird and Seattle are out after one game. That's that's, that's yeah. my team, but. I'll, and I'll, she I'll, may be. She may be done too. She may retire. Well, the, the so the the crowd was giving her the one more year chance. She seemed to to <laughs> it seemed to to at least reach her. So I don't know. One yeah. one more year. She's she's how old is she? Forty one. Something. She's like got to be old, yeah. Because I mean, I remember being. A she's kid gone through five Olympics, I think. She's forty. Yeah. 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 So yeah. She's still a youngster. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to say before is I really appreciate that young people have forced much of society to be more conscious of everybody than they used to be. Well, and the thing, yeah. the thing that struck me too, like I watched this, the, the Lespina, I watched her touchdown and she was in the slot. It was a four yard. They were on the four yard line. She ran a great route. You know, they did ran that route where the outside receiver comes in and she kind of slides behind and goes for the pylon. And I mean, she ran a great route. The throw was behind her and she spun and caught the ball behind her, like wow. just tiptoes in inbounds on the sideline. It was a great catch. And there's no way anyone can watch that and say that she doesn't belong on the field with these boys. And just that, just the athletic side of it seems like something that is fairly new. When I was probably, this might've been 92, I saw the women's Olympic team play a, an AAU all-star team of boys. So high school boys 
against essentially professional women. And it was like an, it was like an overtime game. Like it ended up being an, an evenly matched game. The women were so much better at basketball, but the boys could jump over them. So all the athletic plays were being made by the boys, all the good basketball plays, all the, you know, screens and all that stuff were happening on the women's side. So I don't know that, that you, you can really, I don't know if that's really an accurate matchup of talent disparity, but I feel like if you did that now, the U.S. women's team would wipe the floor with the, with the high school all-stars. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. And, you know, watching the WNBA, it's good basketball. It's, you I've know, said this since I've been basketball. on the show. It's better than any other basketball mm-hmm. out there because it's still basketball. It's not right. wrestling and a leaping contest. They're moving the ball. And now, actually, I think it, they, as the women have gotten stronger and faster and bigger, it does look more like men's basketball did when I was younger. Right. And, it does. And, this may sound stupid, but I think there are a couple of WNBA players who could be at the end of the bench on an NBA team. Yeah. And, you know, in go, staying in basketball, because that's primarily where it's happening, I think, but to see women coaches of men's teams is great. And, you know, when's it going to happen in football? There are women, women, there are women coaches in the NFL right now. Yeah, but as a head coach. They're cool. There's a couple women that could have enough experience that they could move in as a head coach. I think NBA first. I think we've got, you know, Tara Vanderveer is, you know, being mentioned a lot. We talk about Becky Hammond a lot. You know, I think in the next, I don't know, hopefully one to four years, we'll see one of them, you know, one of them get hired. The NFL were probably a little further off just because the women assistant coaches in the NFL haven't been there quite as long as the ones in the NBA. And there's no, I don't think there's any coordinators yet, any women coordinators, and that's usually the, the stepping stone to being an NFL head coach. I mean, yeah, and I, I think with any coach, right, in any sport, whether you're male or female, the good coaches get the, the players buy-in, right? Whether yeah. it's the philosophy, the system, the scheme, the, the players have to buy-in. I, I think you're closer in the NBA – because you have females who have been there longer and have sort of earned that respect already. Um, so you're closer there. Whereas if you were to have a, a right now, a female walk into a football locker room, you're, you're that I think is, is a much harder sell for the, that locker room to buy in at that right now, I think. So I think you're further away in the NFL. You know, it's um, funny. I think, I think we're, and I, you see this whenever there's a public comment about, you know, Vanderveer or Hammond or any of these, these coaching candidates in the NBA, that all of the players, nearly all the players who come out with something to say are extremely supportive. And so I think, you know, it's funny. We just talked about it in a high school context. I think it's even true for the pros that, within the locker rooms, within the organizations, most of those, those people already have respect for these women, just knowing what the, you know, what the, the job that they've done, you know, over the past years, I think the, the, the only people that are talking about distractions are us, us idiot talking head people. And I think, I think within the, 
within the actual locker rooms, within the actual communities, it's not a problem. It's only a problem for us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, we need something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, okay, let's look at the Celtics a second. So, Stevens, as a coach, you know, did not have success um, for the Celtics, and it was kind of disappointing. I mean, he had a modicum bit. You know, they certainly made the East Finals two years in a row with two players under 24. But, um, you know, he was very, very nice very nice to his players. He didn't really blow his temper that much or, or um, you know, he wasn't like Pops or anything like that or Bobby Knight. And so the new coach, Yudoku, is a, is a, has experience and looks like he's going to be a really good coach. And the players have been asking him to be tough on them, basically in a way that Stevens wasn't. Stevens still involved in the, in the thing. It's not a show of disrespect or anything. And I think he's doing a good job as GM. But um, the players like to be told, hey, that was a, not a good play, what you just did, you know, or that type of stuff. So I think... Probably, uh, probably not happen, happening quite that gently still, right? Right, right. But I mean, but the players appreciate it for the Celts. They're, you know, at least their training camp uh, comments say so. So... Basketball, Matt, much to your dismay, is just about to start again, NBA. It, it seems like it would just happen, right? The Lakers, was it about like a month ago they won the championship? But um, Daryl, do, do you think everyone will be fully recovered from the, the schedule disruption and the bubble and the short offseason last year? Do you think? Do you think? Well, I think that there was a lot of injuries last year, and I think there will be some too. And I think the Lakers are in terrible shape. I don't think they have a prayer. Now, betting against LeBron James is not a smart thing. They have Russell West, Russell, Russell, Westbrook, Westbrook. And Davis, but they have Carmelo, Anthony. Yeah, I think the Lakers. You, I think they're the, the oldest team. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, my prediction is they're going to really flame out. I we'll think. I, I think they've got a great, great bunch of guys. I don't care that they're old. They're only trying to win this year, next year. Right, they're trying to win this year. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think I actually think the Lakers made a really good leap, and I think they'll. I, I expect them to be on top of the West this year. Yeah, no, I think they, I'm with they, Joe. I, I think the Lakers, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lakers one, two seed in the West. Yeah, and Phoenix and Utah aren't surprising anybody this year either. They're not going to sneak up on anybody. I think they're going to, the Lakers will be smart with during the regular season playing Anthony Davis, keeping him, trying to keep him healthy for the, the playoffs. But have you guys been paying attention to some of the, like, I, I see, I think the two big NBA stories right now are kind of like the Ben Simmons stuff and all the vaccination yeah. stuff going on in the NBA. Have you guys been paying attention with that? Yeah, yeah. The, ben, the Ben Simmons thing, I think, is... It, well, go, go ahead, Matt, you start, because I, I'm curious, because Mr. Player Freedom over here, you know what I'm going to say. Well, so Ben Simmons... You know, look, he's a, he's a fantastic talent, uh, but he's really struggled with Philadelphia. He's been disappointing in Philadelphia, um, and he wants out of Philadelphia. And right now, Philadelphia is having a hard time. They 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 the organization is taking the the path of we want Ben Simmons on our team. We're better with him. But I, and I think behind closed doors, they're trying to shop him around. They're just not getting anything in return for him. 
Well, the, so, I think that what they're asking is 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 ridiculous. Wild. Yeah, yeah. Three, three, three to four, a, three to four first round picks and two starters. Yeah, he's not worth. And it. not just not just any starter, but like a top twenty yeah. player. Yeah, they want they, they want too. they want Damian Lillard plus from the yeah, Blazers plus draft chip picks. Yeah. So if I'm trading Damian Lillard to the Sixers, I better get more than Ben Simmons back. Yeah, well, I'm with you there, and I think it doesn't help. I agree that the Sixers are asking way too much, but it also doesn't help that the Sixers other star Joel Embiid is, is basically saying Simmons is garbage. Okay. So he <laughs> was very critical last, last season, rightfully so I think. Yeah. And then at, in the middle of the off season, he kind of made some lukewarm half backtracky statements that were obviously typed out and sent to him by his PR guy or by the, by the Sixers <laughs> who wanted to, to maybe not go, not try and trade such damaged goods. I mean, Simmons is already difficult to trade, but I think the the Sixers need to come down to earth on what they're asking. The rest of the league agrees that he's worth a good starter and maybe a, another player or you know like some role players some somewhere in there. He's not worth. He's certainly not worth a top ten player in exchange. It, he's an enigma because how did he never get a 15 foot jump shot. I'm sorry. I, I just don't get it. I really don't because it's not that hard. And and with this foul shots as problems he's had there, it makes no sense. But what's interesting is Philadelphia two, three years ago, looked like they were going to be a, a power that was going to be, you know, like the Nets and the Lakers just going to dominate the league. And they've kind of like melted down. You know, and, well, and now getting they've got Simmons who's not playing. Well, we'll see you what know, they he, get for him. I mean, that's that's yeah. the thing. If they can bring back a, a you know, even like I would I would do Simmons for McCollum. I think that's a good fit for both teams. I think if they brought back somebody like that who could play the pick and roll with Embiid, I think they could they, you know they could be really good. Obviously, yeah. it doesn't. There may be another team out there that can get him with the right shooting coach. But he's 25 years old. It's not like he's 28. I know. And it's, it, it, can you ever? But can you believe that his shot hasn't improved? It's really odd. I mean, maybe it's. Remember um, in baseball when a lot of second basemen got the yips. Chuck Knobloch. Yep. They couldn't make the um, throw to first base. It's kind of like that kind of mental um uh hammer that comes in that gave those second baseman problems is giving him a problem. But you know what's interesting is you know I almost think it's Philadelphia's mishandling of who Ben Simmons is and should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some parallels to a Ben Simmons type of game to even that of a Giannis Antetokounmpo type of game. But how we look at Ben Simmons is oh he should be able to shoot. Right, he should be able to make a three. Well, why? That's not his type of game. Like he's got, he can handle the ball, he can pass the ball, and he can take the ball down into the lane. I don't think he's mentally tough to to take on the critics of people. You know, like like you said earlier, the only ones who complain about it are us, Joe. Right? Like people in sports media, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman. They're the ones saying that Ben Simmons needs to, needs to, needs a shot, but does he? So I think if on the right roster with the right vision of what Ben Simmons can be, I think he can be really, really good. 
I just don't think it, it's not on the Sixers. It's not going to be with a Joel Embiid compliment type player. That's my thoughts, but I'm also the, probably of the three of us, the least, uh, well, knowledgeable no, in the NBA. Well, no, no, actually, right. I, right. Yeah, and actually, I, and you know, go back a little bit. Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman were offensive liabilities. I mean, they they were, teams were little, literally playing four on five when they were on the floor offensively. But well, they're Shaq. Remember Hack and Shaq? Yeah, but Shaq was an offensive force. These guys were worthless on offense. Well, except that they and, had to take him out of the game in the last three minutes. Yeah. Well, and the, the, but these guys are you know all three of them actually are in the Hall of Fame. You know, Wallace and Rodman are in the Hall of Fame for their defense and for their rebounding. I think Ben Simmons maybe doesn't need a shooting coach. They just need to find him the right sports psychologist because I think, like you said, it's the yips. You know, when you're on the free throw line, especially you've got 20,000 people staring at you quietly waiting for you to do your thing. If you're having psychological issues, that would be the time that they would manifest themselves. His performance in the playoffs last year is the problem, right? Because he had well, those especially moments. the one the one play where he went from the corner in for a dunk, and, and instead of dunking, he d- dished it off to somebody who missed a shot. And I, the near as I could figure, he didn't want to dunk because if he got fouled, he'd have to go to the foul line. I, I, other, it makes no sense, but but it just shows a really damaged psyche. I'll ask both you guys this: What's worse, Ben Simmons making that play in the fourth quarter of a playoff game? Or Scottie Pippen telling Phil Jackson he doesn't want to go out on the court with nine seconds Oof. less because the call that was played was not Oof. for him. You know, I always love Scottie Pippen, but I find that that incident kind of disgraceful. That yeah. I, I mean, I think I'd have to go Scottie Pippen because that's that's more of a calculated, premeditated type of of move like you I'm consciously making a decision all right you don't need me I don't need you well Ben Simmons the team. right the, the play wasn't drawn up in Ben Simmons mind I'm going to drive I'm going to be open I'm going to pass it like that was just his succession of of his thought process so I I'd have to go Pippen is is a little bit worse than that but yeah yeah that, right. that's, a, that's a bad play for Simmons uh, you know yeah, yeah I, and I, you know I, the I, thing is, he obviously has been mishandled, and so, you know, Joe, you're right. He's got he's got all the potential in the world, and so if he f- r- lands in the right place, uh, he's great. But what it, you know, it's almost like Philadelphia doesn't want to trade him. They're asking for so much. Um, I think that was the idea in the beginning to ask too much and hope that he com- came around. But he's indicated that he's willing to sit out right. the whole year. So I, you know, right. I. I'd hate to see that because he's a super talented player and I think he can be good somewhere else, but it's obvious that his time there is up, but it seems like the Philly front office is the only, they're the only ones that don't quite realize it. Or I just can't believe they're still holding out. If, if what they think they have is something so fantastic, then they got to put some resources into convincing him to stay. But for that to happen, it's not like he's going to come back in the next 20 games. Like, I feel like if they, you know, if any of this happened, it's going to be after the trade deadline, after he, he realizes that it's either join them for the last two months of the season or not play at all this year. Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to bum everybody out with the yeah. best. No, 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 I mean, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, and I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, 
the least knowledgeable in the NBA, but it, it's just an interesting story to me um, because this was a guy, number one draft pick, part of the process, and sh has shown promise, but not working out for on either party. It's not working out for the team. It's not working out for him. Now, by the way, let's talk about um, the process for a second because I was always disgusted by it, but do you guys think it was... Like, you know, you could, Houston Astros did the same thing. You know, it's, um, you tank for four years and get all these picks. Is that a good strategy? It's worked out pretty well for them. I mean, they were, they were uh, bad. The Astros are, you can't, there's such cheaters, you can't. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking yeah. about Philly specifically. Okay. I, yeah. yeah, the Astros, I, I don't, they, they sort of. Has it worked out for Philly? Yeah, I mean they were they were they are at least a contender now in a way that they were yeah, not. Yeah, but but they, they're underachieving. It's hard. So here's you can't blame that on the process. The well, process but, gave them a better roster than they had. That's okay, all, so you that's like the, the, you like the process. Well, that's what it was designed to do. It was designed to improve the roster. Once you do that, the front office can't do anything about what's happening on the court, what the coaches and players do, and the the process is a front office strategy. So. In that respect, it has wildly succeeded. If you look at their roster before and their roster now, you know even before whatever. I mean, they could they could conceivably trade Simmons for a decent starter and a couple of role players. Right. And if you can turn him into that, they've got a really really good roster. But see, here's why I I don't like it. Like you said, Joe, the the front it's a front office strategy. And the front office can't do anything about what the players do on the field or, or on the court. But a front office, like I don't watch the game for the front office strategy. I, no, I get you watch what you're the game for the talent on the court, and they you so can't blame the, the front office's job. Should be you you play sports, you play professional sports, like Hermel Edwards says, you play to win the game, and the front office people who had nothing to do with playing the game were putting a bad product on there for the purpose of making their job easier. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm going to put well, a no, bad I think, product. I think, I, I think yeah. they were doing it to, to set up the team for success in the future that they were, right. they, they were sacrificing the, those three years for, for what was going to come after that, which is them that. being in and contention like, for the Eastern conference title every year. But I feel like, as a fan, it, it hasn't worked unless you're winning multiple championships and maybe they will. And then maybe I'll say, but, but if, if you're going to be bad on purpose, you better win a championship on the other end. Man, I'm telling you the, the, the eighties and nineties bulls and these Patriots the last 20 years have ruined things for everyone because people think that every team that's worth, and if you don't win multiple championships, you've accomplished nothing. There are 30-something teams in all of these leagues. And One you team, need the breaks at the end of the year. You need no injuries. It's a lot of moving parts. A lot so of things. I agree that, with you. And a lot That's of things. Why don't that, lose on purpose to try to win. Right. Like, don't exactly. lose on purpose. I, That's my point. I agree they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to, to – to, they wouldn't be where they were now if they hadn't have picked up all those first well, round. Okay. Those one pick. All right. But why do, for example, um, the Yankees and Red Sox stay at a high level? Why do they not go through the Houston? Okay. Astros? Perfect. Perfect example though, because the Yankees for the last 15 years haven't been at the top. They've been the third to sixth best team in the American league. 
and it's because they can never fully reset that roster. They can't they can't do that thing that smaller market teams or they can, they just choose not to do that thing that smaller market teams do when you just sort of flush your roster and sacrifice a year or two. They're never we talked about this at the deadline, the trade deadline Matt, last year. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? And they were not in a good position wins and losses wise approaching the deadline and they were buyers kind of to the surprise of both of us. There are certain teams that have to keep themselves above that two thirds mark, but that's going to prevent them from getting to the very top. I think this is a gamble. I, I, what's your, what's the beef with it? Is that it's not a competitive, they're not, they're not being competitive for those years. Exactly. Because, you know, you could get serviceable players, you know, on one year contracts and, you know, and, and, and keep playing it, you know, like I like this year, the Red Sox, they, they really looked that it was going to be a bad year and it turned out to be not so bad. Now it's actually the, this playoff in the, um, in the East is, you know, don't change the subject. No, no, don't change the subject. Well, I, I, I want to, okay. let's, let's stand because I want to know what the, what the tremendous issue is with, with the front office doing this because they're doing this to to get, put the team in a position for greater success down the road. I think as fans you want to say, well, I'm spending $85 for my you know, fourth level seat. I want to see a team that's trying, but you're going to see that from the players and coaches on the on the court regardless of the of, you know, what level my, of talent my, is put out. My there. issue with it and and I get what you're saying. I don't disagree. I know I know why they were doing it. And I, I respect how difficult it is to win a championship. I, I get that. that. That's part of my reason why I, I don't like the, the optics of players leaving to go to different teams to make it to give themselves a better chance to win a championship. It should be hard to win a championship. I get all that. I just the idea of a front office executive who, their job is to put a product on the field or court. They, they, once that product is there, it's up to the coaching staff and the players to, to win and lose. In the front office, you, you play to win the game. And, and as a fan, I'm not a fan of Philadelphia, so I don't know how I would feel. Like I'm trying to picture if I knew the Giants or the Yankees were going to lose on purpose for a few years, so maybe they can win in a, in a few more. I don't know because, because again, there is no guarantee. And as a fan, I want to believe my team can win a championship. I understand they might not, and only one team can win it. But the idea that a front office guy is going to put a product on the court, knowing it just, you could play as hard as you can. You, you 10 guys, you're not as good as the other 10. And so your effort can be there. Thank you. Thank you for your effort, but you're just not good enough. You're not going to win games. And I'm doing that on purpose to make my job easier as a front office guy. How are you making your job easier? I don't because see now, Hey, when you're bad, I get a, I get an early pick. I pick Ben Simmons. I pick Joel Embiid. I look like a genius because I'm a front office guy. And, and in the meantime, your team was awful for a few. I know, I know that was their vision, I just, I don't like it. I think if anything, it, it hurt those, those front office people because they were doing something so, so different and they had to suffer through that. They believe their reputation suffers just as much as 
anyone else is probably more so in the organization during those lean years. So I think that's why most of those front office they people are jobs, right? I'm going to look at oh, them. No, now. Yeah, no, most of, them, most of them are gone. Yeah. Who's the GM of the Sixers? He's been there the whole time, hasn't he? No, it's it's Maury now, and he wasn't. He was somewhere else. Yeah, but they even before that they had flushed, you know, the the most of the the people responsible for that. So, question for you, Matt in your in your professional life, in in the way you go about the world, are you more a results oriented person or a process and task oriented person? What do you What do you mean, like as a teacher? As just. I mean, for you, probably mostly as a teacher, but just in your in your philosophy of, of trying to accomplish something, do you focus more on the the path to get there or the outcome that you want to are you are you what do you value more a a process that explores everything thoroughly? I'm, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't bias my own preference, but do you concentrate more on the process? and let the result work itself out? Or do you only care about the result? Do you focus mainly on the result? I think, well, all right. I think I know where you're going with this. I think uh, for me, it, it is, a, it's more about the process. I think than I less figured about as the result. much because I am a 1000% results oriented person. So for me, all I see is the five years down the road when they're in contention for a conference title every year. What you see is every mo every movement, every decision, every minute of those intervening three years. So you have, I'm, I'm more able to compartmentalize that and put it, put it in a box. If those years are passed anyway, they weren't going to win the championship those years. I I'm, I, yeah, I'm Phil. We are philosophically at odds on this one, because again, I would all, all too soon, sacrifice a couple of years and I again I do not think it makes their job easier at all put it this way there's so much more pressure on the team that has that number one pick than there is on the team that has the number seven right. pick right because you when that number seven or number nine pick comes well like this year's draft with the five quarterbacks you know it's early by the way yeah they they can things can change but early on it you know it doesn't look like the first or second quarterback are necessarily better than the uh, other ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And Mac Jones may actually be the best, best of the bunch. Well, I think well, if we're going to switch off to, I think Mac Jones will, and I, I'm saying this pretty um, confidently because of the organization competency. Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good Thursday night. I watched that game. He looked pretty good, but he's on the Jaguars, and you just watch them. And, but and the Jaguars lost in that, on that they game did. Thursday. They did. But, you know, Cincinnati is a, is, a, is a good defense. It's an improving defense, and Trevor Lawrence played well. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, I, you know, they're just it's – the, it's the Jaguars, and I don't have a lot of faith in Urban Meyer as a professional coach. So I think his – Trevor Lawrence's career is going to be harder to get off. Same same thing with Zach Wilson. The more I'm watching him, I, I I do think the Jets are trying to move in the right direction, but you know it's still the Jets. Matt Nagy is incompetent as a coach, so he's going to unfortunately ruin Justin Fields' career. I think he's got the most talent and probably the highest ceiling. I think uh, he'll, he's and, also oh, the Trey Lance. Ah, Trey Lance might be pretty good. Well, I think Fields is probably the one who's most likely to, after three years jump to another team and be successful 
that's yeah. sort of what I expect there. I think he'll he'll be the one that escapes. I we'll see about the others. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, Trey Lance though he might be good, and and the 49ers are they're a competent organization, so I have faith that they're they're not going to screw him up if he's not good if he just wasn't good, but I don't think they'll screw him up. Do, do either of you have a pressing topic you want to discuss? Because I have I have a a music music thing I want to bring up. Go for it. Go for so, it. I do you listen to. And I'll say this very clearly, go fact yourself, the podcast. It's a, uh, like a game show, comedy game show. Helen Hong is the host. They had the lead singer from Semi-Sonic, the song Closing Time. Remember that song? Yeah. Closing yeah. Time, right? Yeah. So he was on as they have like a panel expert to come on at the end. It's a song about seemingly about a bar closing and it's time to right. leave the bar and go home. Right. He said his wife was pregnant. As while he was writing the song, and he said, as he was writing it, he realized after the first couple of verses that most of the lines could also apply to a baby about to be born, huh. and so he oh. said he just kept he just kept rolling with it through the rest of the song, and made huh. sure every line had the double meaning. And he said, no one noticed, no one has ever said anything to him. I think this is literally until he came on this podcast the other day. So of course, you know, the miracle of, of iTunes and modern technology, pause the podcast, I run over to iTunes, I bring up the song, and I, by the fourth verse, I was laughing so hard. I don't know if you want me to read the lyrics, but it's- Can you some... play it? Can, will it, is it safe to play? No, no, we don't want to play it, we don't want to play it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could play it on the radio, on the air, I can't play it on the podcast though. Right. But so I'll just I'll just read the lyrics. Uh, closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Right. Turn all the lights on over every boy and every girl. So already, like I'm I'm tickled, right? Yeah. And then then come the only two lines that don't really fit. One less call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer, which I guess could also be a euphemism for umbilical fluid. Who knows? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who I want to take me home. I assume is his mother. He wants his mother to take him home, mm -hmm. not the doctor or whatever. Closing time, time for you to go out to the places you will be from, which makes no sense in the, in the normal English context. But when you think about it in this context, it certainly mm -hmm. does. Uh, this room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. So nothing else is going to happen in there until she gets pregnant again. Gather up your jackets, move it to the exits. I hope that you have found a friend. Closing time. Every new beginning, home. every new beginning comes from some of the beginnings. Net and uh, blah blah blah. That's pretty. Everything else is a is a repeat. But it's just like when I, when I when I put that on, I like I saw never. You, know, you hear that song all the time. I will never be able to hear that the same ever again. So that's my gift to everyone else this Saturday. <laughs> Closing time. Maybe we should make that our uh, our uh, our you know our out track. <laughs> I will have to see. Um, I wonder. I wonder how much he'd want for 13 seconds of closing time. So, baseball predictions, playoffs, baseball predictions. playoffs. Let's stick to who is going to make it into the AL wild card. Whew. Seattle's playing great. I mean, at this point, if you really want me to answer that question, I would have to write all the team's names on a piece of paper and throw them in a cup. Well, I mean, I, the Yankees are in really good shape because there's what? There's only two games left, right? Yeah, there's two games left, and they're a game up. So they certainly if, if, if they win one of their last two, they're in. So you've got the Yankees and Red Sox right now. 
Yankees well, are a game up. Seattle's tied with the Red Sox. No, Seattle's tied with Toronto. Seattle yes. and Toronto are both 89. Oh, and they're one game behind. They're back, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So 96. Oh, yeah, I guess there are only two games left. Okay, yeah, right. we can start talking about baseball now. There's two games left. So, <laughs> so the Yankees are, well, no, I guess they're not officially in, but there must be a pretty limited it, number of outcomes. Really, it, where they, it, there's yeah. a possibility there could be four teams tied for the I would, um, I would love that bring on just give yeah. me a week of one game playoffs I love well it. yeah but but as it is um it looks like it's going to be the Red Sox playing at the Yankees I think I think the Yankees are going to be the home team the only thing I mean look the Yankees no actually it's going to be at Fenway now that I think about it because um the Boston had a better record against New York well, the, the Yankees are still a game up, so if they finish... Well, the Yanks are a game up, right? So, yeah. But here's the problem. The Yanks have, this afternoon and tomorrow night, they have the Tampa Bay Rays. The Red Sox are finishing up... Uh, Nationals. Against, uh, the Nationals. Nationals have nothing going for them. Well, Tampa has and, nothing uh, to play for either, though. They've Well, except that they never l- loosen up. They, they still play hard. They've got the best record in the league. They can't right, be but caught. They're not, they're not playing minor leaguers. They, they're a good team. They're a deep team. I think, I, I think there's no the way they're there's, there's they no way they're Yankees yesterday. There's no way they're using their best starters or their closer in either of these last two games. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, the Yankees have to win one. They got to win one of those last two games. The Red Sox have the Nationals. You've got um, the uh, the Blue Jays are playing Baltimore, and, and then Seattle's right there. Seattle, too. the Angels. So you've got to think Toronto's the Toronto has to win these last two games against Baltimore. And you'd like to think they're going to win those two games. So if you assume Toronto wins the two, the Yankees win one of the two against Tampa, right? The Yankees are in. If Boston loses, they're out. I I have to, I have to say it's going to be the Yanks in Toronto. Interesting. Okay. And then they play one game and let's just say that you know with um the yankees cole uh pitching so the yankees will probably win that playoff how far are they going to go in the playoffs then they go right to tampa and how far are they going to go game five in other words tampa is going to kill them no i no i no no, i don't think so five game series yeah yeah i don't i think it'll be a good series i think you go to, I thought I it was a seven game, to a game five, five game. and um, who knows, uh, you know, uh, it's a game five. If the Yankees, I, I don't know what the playoff schedule would be, but maybe it starts you... really the playoff game. If it's just like one, it'll be like Monday. And then the playoffs start the following weekend, I think. So, so I, I mean, I would think if, if the Yankees, I don't know, Daryl, you didn't sound too positive of that. So you might've actually been right. <laughs> it's usually when you sound really convinced it looks like tuesday and wednesday are the wild card the one game playoffs thursday yeah so there's no really no break like once no the- and the thing is if there's a tie you know three teams to get two positions there'll be an extra game on monday but so if i'm i'm gonna try to do my math here right they play the al wild card will be tuesday the fifth Game one will be the seventh. So if you went Garrett Cole on the fifth, game one, game two, game three. You, you could start him Saturday. Go, you could you start would go him. Garrett Cole on Saturday. 
game in game three. If they made it to a game five on Monday, maybe. Is that First, actually no? The game game, game five game three is going to be on Sunday. Game two is Friday. If they're if they're the Yankees win that, they're playing again on Friday. I don't think you can't pitch him on Wednesday. Third, you can't pitch him on two days rest. But if you bring him back Sunday, he's on full rest. And then when's game five? Game five is Wednesday. You could bring him back to pitch a few innings on Wednesday if you needed him. Two days yeah. rest. So maybe but, you know when. But, is, but is Garrett play. really? We're talking about Garrett Cole like he's Nolan Ryan. I mean, I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he's even head and shoulders above the rest of that staff. I think they're. Well, oh, see, that's oh, what I disagree. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I, that's what I did. I think the Yankees' only chance is if Garrett Cole right. becomes Garrett Cole. I don't right. have much faith in in Jordan Montgomery. I don't have Severino. I don't even know if he's going to be on a playoff roster. Uh, um, it'll just be relief. I, I, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, you're, he's not Nolan Ryan, but he is, he has been a lights out pitcher for Houston when he was with Houston. So, but he hasn't been for I, the know. Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yes, that's the only no, chance. He, has. He's, he had a little bad stretch, but he's been really, really good. Yeah. All right. We got, I got 30 seconds to check his numbers. Hold on. So, uh, anyway, but, um, I think the Rays are going to win the World Series. I think they're just a great team. If it's not the Yankees, I'd be happy for it to be the Rays. I like them. They're, they're, it's yeah. a fun game to go see at Tropicana Field. Oh, yeah, really right. Because also because nobody's there. So you can get really good seats. <laughs> That's true. All right, quick, Joe. Ten seconds. He's got a 1.05 whip. I was wrong. He's having a great year. Well, thanks a lot for listening to Sports Plus with Baker, Big D, and Joe. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.